0: welcome to J. madison's rural america it's a journey through the stories impacting rural economies and country lifestyles jay madison's rural america is also a production of jefferson county economic development now here's jay
1: well hey there everybody welcome to J. madison's rural america I am your host, Jay Madison, Uh, decided to come back and sit here in the seat and talk to all my good friends out there. And my co-host for today's show is the one and only Mr. Ron Robbins. Ron is a partner in North Harbor Dairy Farm. Let's see. I've got to get all these right here. North Harbor Dairy Farm, (laughs) Old McDonald's Farm, which is a fantastic uh, agritourism destination. Robbins uh, family grain. What am I missing, Ron?
0: Well, that's pretty much it. We do have a couple other trucking subsidiaries and a couple things, but uh, you hit the you hit the main ones, the ones that keep the bills paid are out there, Jay. So, uh how's everybody managing in this blustery snowstorm that's supposedly hitting the Northeast today? Uh, um I I I, I might give a, a hint that we're actually talking. I'm I'm still down in the sunny south. I was due to fly back today. And uh, lo and behold, JetBlue canceled our flight and cannot get another uh, flight till Tuesday of next week. So darn, I'm stuck in Florida <laughs> for four more days. Yeah, but, uh,
1: <laughs> yeah I was going to say, Ron, if you're looking for sympath- sympathy from <laughs> myself and our listeners, I don't think you're in the right spot.
0: Uh, so, well I just kinda of thought I'd throw that out there. I I figured probably I wouldn't get a whole lot of sympathy, at least from you, Jay. <laughs> but uh boy, uh I I'll tell you I I mean my wife and I were both talking this morning. We feel pretty fortunate that you know we're here at our nice house and uh we don't really have to worry uh, uh but for those that are traveling on spring vacation here midwinter vacation and traveling to florida with families and i saw the flight cancellations in and out of syracuse uh, today and in and out of watertown and i think i saw that on news junkie this morning i mean there is going to be a lot of people stranded for the next several days here and I just can't imagine uh, what that'd be like with with kids in tow and uh, and you know you're kind of on your own and certainly uh, hope hope to get some extra money because things really are expensive yeah, down here. yeah I
1: I can't even imagine trying to travel right now if, if you're if you're dependent upon you know renting a, a, a room in a hotel or you know some sort of facility to stay in with the current weather conditions with the cost of everything with the, you know, with the labor shortages and so on, man, it's, it's got to be a real uh, risk uh, to do anything. I I don't want to be too much of a bum, you know, bummer in that, but yeah, you're right, Ron. It's, you're fortunate. You, you have a cottage that you stay at in Florida for those that are traveling to the hotels and so on, the resorts. If you're trying to get back home or you're heading in that direction right now, you're spending a lot of money. Uh, it's Yeah, yeah it's, and you're, you know,
0: it's got to be stressful too because you're, I mean, there's no rental cars, the uh, hotel rooms are hard to come by, uh, you know, everything's been booked to capacity, and, you know, it's, uh, I, I just really feel for folks that, that are getting stranded here. I guess there's worse places to get stranded, but I hope they got some extra. Some extra cash because they're they're definitely going to need it. <laughs> so, well, you,
1: you know what? Uh, at least they'll have time to listen to the podcast today. That'll be one treat for everybody that's stranded this weekend. They can listen to the Rural America podcast with you and I.
0: Well, there that's a, that's a bright spot right there. So let's hope we can uh, give them some uh, some really good information here. Uh yeah so yeah, we yeah. uh it's it's a, it's been quite a week so i'll, I'll let I, you kind of yeah, get, get, get us off here
1: yeah so for for our listeners um uh, if you caught the first first podcast we ever did for a j madison's rural america uh it was uh ron robbins uh my co-host myself and another gentleman tom slate tom is a international agricultural trade consultant. Uh, He's spent his whole career traveling all over the world setting up trade deals and such. And Ron and I talked to him about the concerns at that time about a potential conflict in the Ukraine and also the potential for China uh, to do something in Taiwan. And we had a great conversation. If you if you haven't uh, listened to that podcast, go back. It was actually podcast number two, technically. But go back and listen to that podcast. There's lots of great information. Well, here we are today, and russia has invaded ukraine so ron and i decided to have a conversation about okay what has that caused in agriculture what what is that immediate impact that's starting to happen and why is that important to all of you listening to the podcast today you know a lot of people are out there oh yeah you know it's ukraine it's over there you know why are we getting so worked up about this well you'll see as we go on through the podcast today Ukraine is very important to agriculture here in the United States. So, Ron, uh, you know, the the invasion started on Thursday, uh, February 24th. And what did you see? uh, Because, folks, Ron watches the markets. That's part of what he does for his businesses. He's always on top of what's happening to the markets, what's happening to agriculture, what's happening to fuel prices and such. So, on Thursday, February 24th, when you heard about the invasion, what did you start to see happening?
0: Well, Jay, it was uh if I'm sure there was uh, a lot of fireworks in Ukraine, but there was definitely fireworks in in the markets, and I'm talking all the markets—the uh, stock market, the commodities market, the metals, the the oil market—and um, it really started. I mean, the invasion uh, was first uh, recognized around 3:30 a.m. Thursday morning. Uh, markets just uh, exploded. I was—you say I,
1: exploded? What do you
0: mean? We were locked limit up in basically all the, all the commodity markets, uh, corn. So each market, um, has specific trading limits for a specific day. Uh, for instance, corn, it can only go up in a specific day, 35 cents a bushel. However, it, uh, if it, if it ends the day, locked limit up, 35 cents a bushel, the next day that trading limit is expanded. And I believe corn is 50 cents the next day. Um, soybeans uh, have a limit of 50 cents on, on any given day. And then they go to 75 cents. Weed is the same way. Wheat is 50 cents. And then uh, they expand those limits. So what we saw immediately, everything just went limit up. Wheat was 50 cents. Soybeans was 50 cents. Corn was 35. Oil was up $10 a barrel. Natural gas, you know, up 25 cents, uh, that, that basically trades on a, on a BPU. So it was, it was a, you know, a lot of excitement in the markets. Uh, you know, anytime you have that kind of uncertainty, certainly, uh, you know, the markets, uh, the markets tend to react, uh, with, with a violent reaction. Milk was 75 cents a hundred weight. Uh, limit up uh, same thing there so there was lots of opportunity very early yesterday morning for farmers who are selling grain to uh, take advantage of that of that uh, volatility in the market and make some make some sales okay so Uh,
1: let, let me just interrupt uh ron so if you were poised as a farmer if you had grain for example uh that you wanted to sell what the market did in reaction to the invasion starting was beneficial and i hate to say it that way we're we're trying to be sensitive folks to the people of ukraine please don't take take us as not being sensitive to them. But we're talking about business here in the United States. So initially, if you were poised to sell grain on the market as a farmer, yesterday morning, when you say things limited up, that meant the price for their products that they wanted to sell was as high as it was going to go and it was beneficial to them correct
0: yes and we actually hit some uh some record highs and uh we actually exceeded some highs uh going back to 2014 was the last time we saw those kind of prices and i uh, if you follow a grain chart you know those the prices are recorded every day day in and day out every single trading day and if you looked at a uh, at a grain chart we actually exceeded that upper level of resistance for for a short period of time yesterday morning on several commodities so yes you're absolutely right if you had if you had physical grain and storage to sell yesterday morning early was an opportunity to take advantage of that now on the other hand if if uh, you know, if you were a buyer of grain, you were probably sitting there at shock, uh, you know, if you're a dairy farmer, if you're a cattle feeder, if you're a chicken farmer, a hog producer, you probably sat there, uh, you know, starry eyed wondering what the heck is going to happen here because these markets are going crazy. So we got to make sure we, you know, we talk about both sides of the equation sure. because, certain producers could have easily benefited yesterday morning there definitely was others that that were pretty worried about what what was going to happen however so, since then we we've we've really settled back to kind of where we were uh, pre-invasion okay um, markets have calmed down I think you know there's there's still a little bit of uncertainty I think there's a little bit of hope that the Ukrainian people are Are going to be able to push back against uh, the Russian invasion and maybe hold it at bay, and so I think now the markets are basically taking, uh, you know, what I would call a very cautious uh, breather here, just to kind of see how these things, how this thing really plays out over the next several days.
1: Uh, Now, when you say markets, Ron, you're referring to. Uh, just the agricultural markets, or are you also including fuel prices? Uh, What do you mean? Yeah, fuel
0: prices, uh, fuel has settled back to that $91 a barrel. Natural gas has has come back down uh, to, you know, a little bit higher than it was pre-invasion, but, you know, pretty much uh, come back to pre-invasion levels. It was interesting yesterday, you know, we talk about if you're a a user of farm commodities, uh, you know, Kind of being in shock. If you were a cattle feeder yesterday morning. You saw the inputs, what you got to buy to feed your cattle, going up, and you saw the price of your feed feeder cattle actually plummeting. And uh, so you were, if you were a cattle feeder, a hog producer, uh, you know, we saw that in the hog market as well. You were you were pretty nervous. But once again, that is feeder cattle have come back up. Uh, the price of grain is is kind of settled back down. So everything is, uh, is, is taking, taking a well-deserved breather here uh, as we speak. It is a Friday. We're going into a weekend. Um, we'll definitely want to we'll be watching this thing. The market's open Sunday night around 8 o'clock, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, what happens over the weekend, I'm sure will have a huge uh, bearing on what the markets tell us Sunday night.
1: Well, th- that reaction is interesting because as you as you listen to the news, as you listen to people, you know, the expectation was this is this is just going to keep going in the bad direction as far as the economic impacts here in the United States. Um, but maybe it's not going to be as bad as we all thought. Is 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 that the conclusion we might draw from this?
0: Yeah, I think I think you know, the markets are are looking at this thing. And like I said, I think they'll want to see, you know, just just how far Russia gets in the next two or three days here. But, you know, let's keep in mind, uh, you know, I've talked to several people who say, you know, no matter what, you know, Ukraine has, has about the same amount of arable farmland as the U.S. They are a big producer of farm commodities. And, no matter what happens uh, over there, whether Russia ends up controlling the Ukrainian government or not, Russia is going to need to generate cash, and they're going to they're going to need to to grow corn and wheat. They're going to need to pump oil. They're going to need to mine iron or iron ore. All the things that Ukraine is rich in. So you know, maybe the markets are just saying, you know what, this is this is really bad for the Ukrainian people. We feel really bad for them, and. And we certainly hope they can hold the line. But at the end of the day, maybe it really won't impact us that much. I tend to think that it will ultimately that anytime you have a dictator like Putin, he's going to use those resources to his advantage. And I think at the end of the day, it'll, it'll be bad for us. But right now the market's trying to figure this thing out.
1: Well, and I, I was wondering, Ron, as, as I watched the event events unfold I was wondering if in Vladimir Putin's mind, he was thinking, look, okay, you can dump all the sanctions on me you want. You're not going to touch oil because that hurts you. You know, maybe in the end, he sees this as an opportunity to benefit financially from the products that ukraine is is producing do you know is russia right now lacking in any of the agricultural commodities that the ukraine produces such as corn soybeans wheat and so on
0: yeah so you know russia's had some some real weather challenges the last couple of years, and you got to keep in mind Russia. Up until about six months ago, a barrel of oil really needs to be about fifty dollars a U.S. dollar for Russia to be able to make any money at all extracting oil. You know, they have pretty primitive resources over there. They they don't have a lot of the technology that that we have in North America. They, you know, it's just expensive. It's it's. Their roads and their transportation infrastructure is not all that great. So up until recently, I mean, they were really hurting financially. And I think we talked about that in the podcast we did with Tom. And so now, of course, I really think he sees this as a, as a way of economic prosperity. Certainly, he's going to take care of himself first yeah that's what he's always done he could care less about the russian people and how much they suffer and he could care less about the ukrainian people but he sees he sees that vast amount of resources it's like a pot of gold there and yeah there's some military advantages and some you know socio-economic advantages and political advantages and all other things but i think he sees you know the 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 vast resource natural resources of ukraine as as a pot of gold that's my opinion
1: as we talked with tom Slate uh back in that previous podcast and then with the events unfolding over the past couple of day- days i was i was wondering that whether you know there was a, uh, a definite advantage for Russia to take over, or at least what it appears they're going to do, take over those Ukrainian assets uh, for their own benefit. So yeah, it's 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 interesting to watch this unfold, and it's certainly interesting what you've shared with us about the markets, at least here within. Uh, the 24 hours 48 hours of the initial invasion occurring it's it's interesting to learn that the markets have readjusted and they're actually back to uh pre-invasion uh situation prices and so on
0: Uh, yeah and of course for those consumers and listeners that you know are pulling up to the gas pump this morning or for the truckers who are pulling up to the diesel island uh they're not getting that that same message from uh what's stamped on the pump, right, so uh you know in that respect, I guess we have some people maybe taking advantage of the situation as well and I'll, I'll add here, I just got off the phone before we started this podcast with my fertilizer supplier, right. and he, we, had, we had had uh, a request to get some pricing on uh, liquid nitrogen fertilizer earlier this week uh, for, for shipment here late in March. Uh, coming in on a rail car, he told me this morning that uh, with what's happened here, uh, the fertilizer brokers have pulled all offers. They're they're not pricing anything right now. And of course, that that Black Sea region is a huge supplier of liquid nitrogen fertilizer. That's where the the you know the bulk of what we use here in North America and South America. Uh, yes, we have some made in 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 our country but the vast amount of it's made there and comes over on ship um he also told me that uh, they had a vessel due into the port of albany here uh, was actually supposed to be in now and they have now that that vessel is not even on route as far as he uh, knows yet so uh so, so the,
1: i apologize for interrupting ron but so that vessel has fertilizer it's loaded with fertilizer to bring into the united states as a market already should yeah. should have arrived today but instead that vessel has now been diverted or held up at sea
0: yeah and that's what nobody really knows there's so much confusion in the ports over there and and uh and you know he's he, he was telling me even pre-invasion that You know, they didn't expect it until early April now, and so obviously it's been held up somewhere, but they're having a really hard time figuring out, you know, what the status really is.
1: So potentially we're looking at people taking advantage, companies taking advantage of the invasion, even though in the end, uh, you know, the fuel prices went back to what they were pre-invasion we're looking at companies potentially taking advantage of this to increase the price that we are paying here in the United States.
0: That's, that's what it appears uh, looking like it's happening here. I mean, you know, and the problem is Jay, we have all these supply chain issues. And so this just gives, you know, we had COVID as an excuse for up to two years. Right. So now we have another excuse and, uh, to just, you know, take advantage of, of a bad situation in some cases. And, and ultimately, it's the end users and the consumers that, that pay the price for these, this kind of uncertainty, this kind of unrest, this instability, you know. And then, you know, you're throwing inflation in there, uh, which we know is going to get worse now. That's just another reason for inflation to continue to its uh, march. Uh, you know, onward and upward. So I I think right now that as much as I, I pray for the Ukrainian people and, and for peace there and certainly pray for the fact that we don't get our troops involved in, in this mess. because I, with us sitting, you know, with friends and neighbors at Fort Trump, it it gets pretty personal, uh, you know, to us, Jay here in the North country being so close to the military and, uh, I just I just you right. know really really cringe at the thought of us getting dragged into a a conflict over right. there
1: well and as you stated and I want to just um, you know make that clear to our listeners that you know we're certainly concerned about the people of the Ukraine about the military uh, about the potential for this to spill over uh, into Uh, neighboring countries, which would certainly have a strong potential of dragging us into a military conflict, which nobody wants, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about, agricultural economic impacts so at times it might seem like we're saying oh well this hasn't been so bad well it is bad but we're trying to analyze the economic impacts uh, that's occurring especially to agriculture so please keep that in mind folks Uh, we're certainly not being unsensitive towards the Ukrainian people. We'd love to see this stop.
0: For sure, Jay. You know, we, uh, on top of this, we talk about, you know, inflationary trends, supply chain issues. We, we throw weather into the mix. Uh, we've had, you know, we've already had some, some really volatile weather Uh, around the globe that has really impacted agricultural production and key growing regions. And, you know, we're seeing China uh, being impacted by that. They had floods a year ago. They've had really, really cold winter. You know, we've seen uh, drought in Canada. Western Canada just got decimated last year with drought. We've had production issues in South America. They were very dry last year, uh, continue to be dry in Argentina um, and parts of Brazil. Uh, New Zealand and Australia had some really bad weather last year, well, significant dryness. So we're, we're really setting ourselves up here for, you know, some, some real challenges. And uh, certainly the challenges for ag, um, well, we may sit here and think, you know, well, it's if you're a seller of commodities or if you're a seller of oil, uh, this, this is a good thing. It's not a good thing. I mean, ultimately... We need, we need an equilibrium. We need a place where buyers and sellers can, can arrive at a, what they feel is a fair and reasonable price. And anytime you throw these kind of gyrations into the mix, it, it really creates uh, a lot of nervousness, a lot of stress. And, and I just, I see that you know not both not ending well for us going
1: forward ron i mean you have contacts nationwide that you're talking to constantly what do you see producers doing are they planning to ramp up uh, for example their crop production based on the things that they're seeing going on around the world or are they taking a wait and see attitude as far as what they're going to do in the spring, as far as planting? What what's the expectation there?
0: You know, it's interesting, Jay. We just had the USDA uh, uh, ag forum in DC here uh, late last week, and um, you know the crop estimates they come out. USDA come out with their crop crop estimates. They didn't really indicate a lot of changes. Um, but that was USDA's estimates and they get those through surveys and other things. I, I tend to feel, you know, that they're not an accurate picture of what really will happen. They, it's, it's kind of an antiquated system that USDA uses. That's a story for another day probably, but, uh, <laughs> You know, i talking to producers. Everybody's in a real wait and see mode. Supply chain issues, fertilizer and chemicals are going to play a big role in a lot of these decisions, especially here in the U.S. as to what gets planted. And, and then of course, weather will play a role as well. You know, we've, for those of us that are like you and I, Jay, that are weather junkies, uh, you know, we're, we we just kicked off a, uh, a massive stratospheric warming event here uh, mid-February, which ends up kicking out a massive polar vortex in about 30 days from when that stratospheric warming event happens. So that puts us into the last half of March, first half of April, and that polar vortex uh, could potentially bring some really cold, nasty, snowy, icy weather into the lower 48 in a time when you know u.s agriculture really should be gearing up and getting ready to plant seeds and uh, in a in a massive way right so Uh,
1: just uh ron so when you talk about a massive stratospheric warming event What is that? And I know that you you get your information from um, Sean Hackett, who uh, watches these. He's a consultant that you hire to to help you watch uh, what the weather patterns are and such to help your business predictions and so on. Uh, So, can you explain that a little bit better for the for the listeners to this podcast?
0: Yeah. So, really, what happens is is the stratosphere, which is very high altitude, uh, uh, warms up very rapidly. So you have this massive push of very warm air in the, in the upper levels of, of our atmosphere. And what that does is in the end, it pushes down cold air. So you've got warm air way up above uh, displacing cold air and pushing that down. And ultimately then that pushes that cold air down into you know the down into our weather patterns and no create in, in- that polar vortex.
1: In part, was this stratospheric warming event that you're talking about, in part, was that a result of some of the volcanic eruptions that we've seen recently?
0: Yeah, so it has a combination of some of these volcanic eruptions that have taken place, which is very active right now. It also, uh, we've got a La Nina in the Pacific, which that... That is uh, impacting, uh, you know, jet stream activity and the Earth's magnetics, and uh, we also are in the in the midst of a grand solar minimum, where and of course the grand solar minimum uh, has a huge impact. Uh, sunspot activity or lack thereof has a huge impact on on all of the above. That's what creates some of this, uh, you know, this. Uh, volatility in the earth's magnetics, which creates earthquakes and volcanoes and ocean current direction and wind direction. And, and it just really stirs. It's kind of like, you know, stirring a, a pot of chili, right? It just really stirs up our weather all over, all over uh, the globe. And uh, both in the lower levels of the atmosphere and the upper levels. Yeah,
1: Really interesting, really interesting information. Uh, so going back to because i sort of took us off on a tangent here yeah
0: Um, (laughs) yeah um
1: so going back to um the polar vortex that's expected uh here in uh early spring that's Potentially, if that happens, you know it's pretty obvious that's going to impact the planting season for agriculture. What are we looking at as far as uh, prices? You know, inflation is an issue. We know that's an issue. We know it's going to get worse. I heard this morning. I think it's up for the consumer. It's up around ten percent uh, right now. Yeah. I believe it's yeah. going to be worse. Uh, yeah. With the planting season, how quickly will that impla- impact uh, food prices?
0: Pretty quick. Um, if we have any kind of hiccup, Jay, in the North American planting season this spring, we're gonna. With everything else going on, we could easily have some blow off tops in in our markets. And a blow off top is where you know the market just takes off and and it's nothing but blue sky. Now, granted, uh, just like happened, uh, you know, yesterday, that was kind of a mini blow off top yesterday. But when you have, you know, a major disruption in North American planting season, given the supply chain issues and and the level of grain stocks around the world right now, we could have a blow off top that could have you know, some substantial, uh, longevity to it. And it's not something that'll just happen, you know, today and go back to normal tomorrow. It could last for several weeks. I mean, ultimately prices will come back down because prices can only get so high before, you know, we price, they price themselves out of the marketplace. You, you know, you'll see farmers selling cattle, you'll see them liquidating herds. You'll, you know, We'll price ourselves out of the export market. You know, it's a it's a very challenging time when something like that happens. But we could easily be headed for that here in the next in the next eighteen months. Uh, could be very very volatile given the. You know, the situations we're in with all the things of inflation and and political unrest and war and weather volatility and, and, uh, (laughs) and high demand. I mean, it's we it's it's almost like this perfect storm, you know, where all the factors come together and. You know, if we look back in history, it's it's happened before, and uh, you know, fortunately, we've been able to uh, to live through it, but uh, and survive. But you know, if we look back at uh, you know the early '80s, then you know, we kind of had the same kind of thing happen, and you know, we saw gas lines and energy prices, you know, went to levels never never even dreamed of, and and really in reality, never really came back down after that. So it, it kind of kind of creates a, a new plateau, I guess, uh, where, you know, we just, it takes prices to a place and, and they never really go back to where they were. They so, come down, but they really never settle back to historic levels.
1: Well, Ron, we need to wrap up the podcast. So uh, uh, briefly, what should the consumer listening to the podcast right now, the consumer, what should they be watching uh that will tell them whether their food prices are going to go up or they're going to go down or they're going to stay the same what would be you know one or two of the key things for the consumer to watch
0: well certainly i mean i think it's almost a given that food prices and energy prices are going to continue to go up so you know i guess my best advice to a consumer is stock up a little bit here. Now we're in kind of uncharted waters, plan ahead. Don't overextend yourself uh, from a financial standpoint, keep some money in savings and, and, uh, and be prepared, keep, keep some food in the freezer and buy local as much as you possibly can. Um, I think that's a message we lose a lot of times, uh, you know, develop a relationship with, With some of your local producers, there's a lot of them out there that are selling beef and and vegetables and all kinds of of great products. And we have them, you know, in Jefferson County. And uh, so I think that's a message for everybody. And, you know, the the stock market's going to give us some clues. I think, you know, most consumers don't watch uh, commodity markets, but they do pay attention to the stock market, especially if they have a 401k. And as that begins to sell off, uh, that money's going to flow. Uh, over into commodities and that will drive up food prices even more.
1: Ah, Interesting. Interesting. Well, Ron, we've got to, we've got to wrap this up. Uh, We've been talking with Ron Robbins he is a partner in North Harbor Dairy Farms, uh, Old McDonald's Farm, which is a agritourism destination in Sackett's Harbor, New York, and a whole bunch of other agricultural operations. Ron, it's been great talking with you, and uh, as you're one of my guest co-hosts, we'll be talking with you a lot uh, here on Jay Madison's Rural America podcast. Have a great day, Ron.
0: Hey, thanks a lot, Jay, and I uh, just everybody keep the faith. Yep,
1: yep, that's, that's for certain. Sure. All right, folks, thank you very much for joining us on Jay Madison's Rural America.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Jay Madison's Rural America. Make sure to join us weekly. If you have any questions about the show, call Jay at 315-782-5865. For more information, visit www.agricultureevents.com or JCIDA.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Jay Madison's Rural America.